Don't worry, it's not a bad edit of today's podcast. This is uh, a pre-podcast to the main show. That's coming up in a minute. We need you to settle an argument. Who is the most popular fight disciple? Serious. <laughs> Me and have been having a little bit of a chat about this in our off-season. We've been having a drink. We've been having a little bit of back and forth. And we've come up with an argument as to who is the most popular fight disciple after the last eight years of churning out this content for you free. Day by day, week by week, in the world of boxing and in the world of MMA, we want to know. We want you to settle it because he genuinely thinks it's him. He <laughs> genuinely thinks that out of the three of us, and remember there's three of us, there's me, him, and Mike, <laughs> you can't see on camera right now. Yeah, Nick Pete genuinely believes he's the most popular fight disciple by some country man. And we've come up with an idea of how this can either be proved or disproved. <laughs> we get messages on a regular basis from you saying that, We'd love to get out on the air with you. We'd love to buy you a beer. All right, now's the time to put your money where your mouth is. We're going to set up a link on our website. We're going to put it all over our social medias. All you've got to do is click that link. That link will give you the opportunity to genuinely buy us a beer. Get but the ale in. You've got a choice here. You can either buy one beer and be a stingy bastard and just buy it for one of us. Or you can buy two beers, you can buy it for both of us, or you can buy it for all three of the Fight Disciples, Mike, our producer included. It is completely up to you. We're going to run this throughout the whole of Advent. Now, obviously, through that month of December as we build up towards Christmas, and we're just asking you to get the alien. It's your round, man. Come on. So the link will be on our X, or Twitter as it used to be called. It'll be all over our Instagram. There's a website link, fightdisciples.com slash beer. You can head to that. It's dead simple. You can pay via Apple Pay or via PayPal. That's it. That's it. You just click the link. It'll come up. Buy the lads a beer. You can either buy one beer, two beers, three beers. You can even buy the, buy more beers if you want, if you want to show your total appreciation for the free content that comes your way. Just settle the argument because in there's a box there, a message section. So if you're only buying one beer, you can say who you're buying that beer for. All right? Settle the argument because he's a smug fucker and he genuinely <laughs> believes that this whole ship sinks without him. Right? <laughs> Let me tell you now, yeah, there are housewives around the world currently scrambling for their mobile phones to register their vote in favour of the housewives' favourites. That's a fact. Let me just make this clear, though, as well. This is not a Patreon. This is not a must-do. This is no. not a sign-up. It's you an don't ego trip. This, you don't it's get an that. ego trip. This is pure ego. This is pure ego. But also, it's the fact that every event we go to, when we see people at ringside and cageside and fight disciples and we're gabbing to them in corridors and getting in and out of taxis and everything else, you always say the same thing. Where are we having a beer later? And one day, we will have a mass gathering, a live show, a big beer where we come together. But in the meantime, settle the bets. Jump on. There's a comment section when you get to leave a beer as well. So get the ale in. Let the world know who the number one fight disciple is. And if Norman wins, I'm going to be fuming. That's it. If Norman wins, I, Norman Price wins this, I'm going to be fuming. Let's so there you go. Without Norman Price, our producer. You wouldn't see this. You wouldn't see any of this nonsense. So maybe just buy him an ale and fuck us two off. Anyway, <laughs> the link will be on our X Twitter, as it's referred to. It'll be on our Instagram. There's a website link, fightdisciples.com slash beer. You won't be able to miss it because we're going to be plastering it everywhere for the next four weeks. And this little video will be on the start of every single podcast. You'll be sick to the sight of it. So make sure you click the link, buy someone or all of us a beer and settle the argument. Right. Exactly.
let's get on with the minge bags. Let's get on with the free stuff. It's today's podcast. This, this, this is Fight Disciples. Welcome to podcast episode number 816. We are the Fight Disciples. This is your MMA review from the weekend just gone. Before we get stuck into it, please, you can subscribe to us on fightdisciples.com. Every single audio feed under the sun is there waiting for you. I mentioned this on the boxing show. Thank you very much for all the Spotify raps that are coming our way. It sounds like something that you're getting from like a, a sandwich shop, that, doesn't it? A Spotify rap. Well, mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. Thank you very much for uh, for uh, sh- sharing the information of how often you listen to the Fight Disciples. I've got people in the top 0.5%. We've been some we've been some serious podcasts there on some people's lists. It's interesting. I'll tell you what is interesting, actually. When people do send us those Spotify raps to to see what else is in the top five. Like, you know, whether we feature at number one, number two, number three, number four, number five, and what they couple it up with. I always find it interesting when someone's listening to us and then the other four are non-sport related. Yeah. Like there was one dude who sent us something in last week, and I think we were we might we might have been the top spot, or we were definitely in the top two spots, but the other were all political podcasts. <laughs> I'm thinking, this is, got, yeah, you've got the fucking wrong show, stuff. son. You've got yeah, the exactly. wrong show, man, but I like it. I don't know if you speak to Eddie and Frank, maybe he's got the right show. Ah, you know, maybe, we are yeah, a little yeah, bit political yeah. on our boxing, <laughs> on our boxing show, at least we're a little bit political. So, so yeah, well, it's been nice, man. It's nice to see that people have, uh, we, we've built this community and people are, uh, are engaged more than ever. And, and I guess our listenership reflects that anyway. So, how's uh, things in the Catterall household? You got your Christmas deckies up. It is no. Christmas, baby. Christmas time. No. Mistletoe and wine. No. What do you mean, no? I'll tell you what I have been doing, though. I've been having a couple of practice runs December on the, the old fourth. Christ- Right. I've been having a couple of practice runs on the old Christmas dinner. You know that I like a Christmas <coughs> thing, right? So, I've, been, uh, I've, uh, I've done a couple of them. Uh, kids are enjoying the old pigs in blankets uh, along with the roast dinner. So just stepping it up. Did you uh, week did you week. try the Marmite potatoes that are sold to nah, uh, not, the, nah, the, not, the, nah, the the Aspinalls? Nah, nah, not for me, mate. That's just have you me. have you tried it? Have no. you tried them? I'm not a Marmite fan. Doesn't matter. It's, you, it's not Marmite. It's it's beefy yeast goodness. <laughs> it adds that beef flavour to your roast potatoes. You've yeah. got to try it because you could be missing out. Now I've got yeah. to be honest. We went we went shopping yesterday, and I, I slipped a little jar of goose fat into the old trolley, ready for some festive roast potatoes. You got to so. do the full hit, but no, the decorations are not up. The decorations. Well, are not up. maybe next weekend it'll be while I'm away. As you can see, the deckies have started in the studio. There we go. The old festive bauble is swinging away. Maybe I'll add a few more over the course of the next few weeks. But I, I, I haven't done the outside light check because the weather's been absolutely horrific. But the interior's done. I'm happy. Jane's gone a little bit classy this year. She threw some of the, uh, some of the more, you know, Chinsy. outrageous. Yes, yeah, some of the some of some of the stuff I bought basically has gone in the bin. Griswold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and listen, I'm a Griswold Christmas. That's who I am. But yes, yeah, she's. Uh, she stepped it up a little bit. So, listen, I've got a story to tell you. Go cool, yeah, love that. <laughs> Embarrassingly, I went a little bit Tory this week, and it came back and bit me in the arse royally, and I'll explain why. I'm out in the car, stopped at a service station, thought, I'll fucking get myself a nice sandwich. Nice meal deal. 
Full Arnold Allen, WH Smiths, Chris, you know, all that kind of hits. Goes in there, the sandwich selection was horrific. Horrific. So, embarrassingly, I went a little bit Tory. There was a, a Waitrose. I thought, I'll go into Waitrose. Go and get myself a Waitrose, buddy. I'll push the boat out. Look at you. you. Know, I've, exactly. I've changed. I've changed. And you know what? It reminded me of where I'm from and put my feet back on the ground. So, it goes into, and this is why, goes into Waitrose. Have a little nose around the shelf. Salted beef sandwich, thought. Oof, eh, eh, oof. A little bit of salted beef, some pickles on there as well. Happy days, that'll do me. I don't even, I won't even tell you how much the sandwich was. So buys this salted beef sandwich, sensational, fantastic. Gets back in the car, opens the sandwich up, happy days. Lifts the sandwich out. Oh, it's funny. A little bit of, a little bit of pickle beetroot in there as well. Lovely jubbly, little bit of love. So I'm biting into this sandwich. Driving along, for, driving on for Christmas. Full Chris Rear job, fantastic. Living the dream. Then I realized, I was like, where's the beef? It's not beef in this. Has another bite. You know, and you think, can this is a waitress sandwich? You know, sometimes you get a sandwich and it's a chicken sandwich and you have you have a mouthful and there's no chicken in that bit. It's a little tiny bit of chicken in the other bit or whatever. Another bite. No beef in that either. What the fuck is going on? Looks down. Salted beet sandwich. Salted beet. A fucking beetroot sandwich. Who the fuck eats beetroot sandwiches? Honestly, I've never felt so Tory in my entire life. I was embarrassed for myself. Do you know what? What I should have done is pulled up the next services, threw it in the bin, went and got a Greg's. That's what I should have done. That's what I should have done. You're disgraced, people. Mate, honestly, never again will I do that. I'm so, I embarrassed myself. I've soiled my own good name as a good socialist man of the people. Salted beet. Who the fuck are these people who eat salted beetroot sandwiches? I think there's a problem. I think you need to put your glasses back on, Sunshine. But you obviously couldn't you couldn't see the difference between a T and an F. What the fuck? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, but who's gonna look and who who in their mind goes, Oh, that's clearly assaulted. I just seen salted. You're in Waitrose, it's full of wanker food, mate. That's what they do in there. You know what I mean? A beetroot butty. A beetroot butty. Mate, they fucking, you've seen them Christmas puddings where they've got fucking, I don't know, bloody volcano in the bloody middle of it and all this type of shit that comes through the bloody ice pack. Mate, come on, man. Jesus Christ. Get yourself back down to Aldi, lad. Get yourself in the proper aisle where you can get yourself some spuds, a carrot and a bloody lawnmower on the same aisle, man. (laughs) That's what you fucking want. (laughs) Come on. Who wants a bit of that? A wetsuit, yeah. Mate, honestly. Mate, I hate taking my kids, Aldi. Hate it. Because that middle aisle where there's fucking random shit. My lad's in there. He's like going, Dad, fucking flippers. What? Mate, we don't need flippers right now, do we? It's December. Yeah. I've come in for some spuds. That's it. Aldi's the best, man. Aldi is the best. Oh, Chaos. That crazy yeah, little so there you go. Never again. Apologies. I, I went out my lane, and it'll never happen again. Ever happen again. Disgraceful. Um, Austin, Texas. See? Look at that. What did we give him? Ten minutes of lifestyle. Somebody actually texted me the other day on the, our, uh, our social media, and they were saying... 
I really uh, I'm missing the the lifestyle conversations at the start of the podcast. You know, like when you're talking about chickens and you're talking about just, you know, things that you boys get up to on a, on a day-to-day basis where you've had a good weekend or a bad weekend or whatever it may be. I've missed it. Hence us then starting to try and incorporate it back in over the last couple of weeks. But then every now and again, I do have a little bit of a look at the uh, the comment section, right? And there'll be somebody now, 100% they've definitely put it in there going, MMA chat starts at 12 minutes 56. Ignore the first 12 minutes 56. There'll be somebody. Mate, we're talking about fucking Aldi butties, right? Yeah, yeah. Nah, fuck that off. Yeah, absolutely. Chickens are struggling at the moment, actually, because it's so fucking cold. I've had to cover the coop with a couple of uh, couple of old bed sheets. And then I've got one of Blue's old beds on there as well. And then I've got a plastic tarp over the top because there's the old frost. There, you know, it, hey. it got to minus three the other day. So, got to be careful, man. The old chickens will be fucking stuck to the perch if I'm not careful. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. Um, I'm still not talking MMA yet. Did you uh, Did you watch your boys in the NFL last night? I caught a little bit of it. I was I was hey. catching up with, uh, awesome. with with the boxing Ryan Garcia. But, yeah, the 49ers are flying, man. Absolutely flying. Biggest game of the season so far, that last night against the Eagles. Eagles were 10-1 yeah. going into that, fight, into that uh, game, mate. And you took care of them. Easy Christy work. McCaffrey, man. Easy mm-hmm. boy. Mm-hmm. Easy be, work, kids. Mate, We're going Super Bowl. Getting, you could be getting a Super Bowl this year. You could be. On my birthday. At the Allegiant in Vegas. Lovely jubbly. No, let's see if we can coincide that with a UFC oh, trip. My God. Yeah. If only. Uh, anyway, Austin, Texas, the destination of the weekend. And listen, we say it all the time. You put fighters in front of fans and they will deliver. <laughs> and boy, did they deliver once again. We've had some good cards this year where from fight one right through to fight 14 on some of these cards has been absolutely tremendous with big talking points. The prelims at Austin, Texas might be the best prelims of the year so mm-hmm. far. Um it was just outrageous, some of the things that happened on those prelims. And then the main card delivered as well. Nine finishes in 12 fights. <laughs> Mate, oh, just a joke. Mate, listen, eight performance of the night bonuses. That's all mm-hmm. I need to say about it. Saruki and Turner, Brady, Stolfus, uh, Tate, Brundage, Closer, Gooden, all got bonuses. And uh, Balacio against uh, Potieria was the fight of the night, man. It was just one after the other. A tremendous night. Um in Austin, if you were there yeah. enjoying it, I've no doubt you had an absolute whale of a time. I think I think a lot of people might listen to the Fight Disciples MMA review first on a Monday morning, Monday lunchtime, and then go back and jump into their planet and go, right, the lads said, swerve the prelims, go straight to the co-main event, have a look at this, have a look at that. In this case, go from straight start. to the prelims. Fight number one, straight in. Even the early prelims, I don't yeah, think Veronica. Veronica Hardy was on TV. I watched her on UFC Fight Pass. She was magnificent once again. Once again, she was the Kate and Jaker. Once again, she was the big underdog. Once again, she was fighting a girl who's got, you know, big momentum behind and people are getting excited about. And V was brilliant. And she set the tone. And from there, it was just pure entertainment. It was absolutely Brilliant. Austin, Texas was bouncing, man. Bouncing. Where was your favorite performance? V aside, because the personal connection. We'll come back to V in a minute. Yeah. Where was what performance was your favorite? Jesus, mate. Uh, <laughs> wow. I don't know. Because in my head, I want to say Sarukian. 
And then I want to say Figueredo, because I thought he was brilliant. I thought Sean Brady was I could sit here all day doing this. Um, I'm going to say, am I going to go with one of the comebacks? The comeback, some of the, the two comeback performances in this are brilliant. Uh, the Balesio against Pusciera fight is is outrageous. It's an outrageous mm. fight. The comeback in that fight is probably. Yeah. I'm going to go with that. The year contender. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. It's because I love a comeback, man. I love it when you're right. You're getting twatted. You're out, and then all of a sudden, nah, somebody call the cops. But don't call them for me, mate, because mm. I'm here. And then all of a sudden, you flip it 180. I thought, yeah, I'm going to go with that. I'll go with that as the uh, as as my favorite performance of uh, of the night. Yeah, again, via side and, and main and co-main events aside, because they were both fucking brilliant. Jalen Turner coming out late notice the starch, Bobby Green. Yeah, you were right on the weight, by the way. Yeah, man. Uh, listen, he needed two hits. He... he needed two hits to do it. I knew he would struggle, but the fact that he made it, the yeah. fact that he went away and then came yeah, back yeah, yeah. and made 156, I was like, right, okay, Jalen. All good, man. Had he not come away, had he failed to make weight, I'd have gone massively towards Bobby Green. But the fact that he did make weight made me think, okay, this is Jalen Taylor switched on. It hasn't, okay, it's been a late notice call, but he hasn't been out of shape. He'll do the business. And he absolutely did the business. Um, and do you know what? I think just, just from a journey point of view, because of where she's been in the past, and what was the writing was on the wall and the form she was in right now. And she was taking on a girl with a with a good win streak behind her. And it allowed me to jump on social media and go, Ooh, UFC 300, hello. I think Misha Tate's submission of Julia Via, I think that was her first stoppage win as well for since she was a champion, maybe. Hmm. Since for many, many years. First submission in a long, long time. That was a bit of a statement for Misha Tate. And I think she needed that to convince herself that, okay, there's 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 a lot more fight left in me yet. Mate, and again, I truly believe it could open something up for UFC 300. I think Ronda's a free agent. And I think Ronda versus Michelle, <laughs> I know that's something I've been peddling. I've been banging this drum for the last few weeks, maybe even months, to say UFC 300, Ronda Rousey will fight for the title. Now that the champion has retired, Amanda Nunes, don't be surprised if Ronda Rousey comes back and fights for that belt. Or fighting a big high-profile fight. I think Misha Tate has just punched their tickets to be a more than viable opponent for their trilogy fight. Look at you. Look at you. Dana's insinuated that there's a, a super fight on the horizon, but it doesn't involve Connor, and everybody's going wild, and they're all asking the questions, who's it going to be? You're all in on Ronda, man. You want all it, don't you? All in, kid. All um, in. On the Misha performance, Misha did Misha. That's the first time that she's done that since Correct. she's come back. She's been playing other people's fights man she's been going in there thinking that she can strike thinking that she can and the game's moved on and she's been getting found out and she's been looking slower she's been looking older no disrespect mm -hmm. to her she's been looking like a fighter of five to ten years generation. ago yeah. yeah whereas in this at the weekend she just went Do you know something now fuck it man what got me to the top my wrestling got me to the top i'm not going to stand i'm not going to stand with this kid i'm going to wrestle her. i'm going to get her on the deck and i'm just going to beat the fuck out of her that's what i'm going to do yeah. And I'm going to make her so uncomfortable that she's going to present me opportunities. And that's what Misha did. You know, she rolled back the ears and she did Misha Tate. Fair play to her uh, for getting it, uh, for getting the job done in the uh, in the featured uh, prelim. But that was the last of the prelims. The shit that came before it, mate. Fucking hell. The two that came before it, I'm watching it. And I'm like, because I had the boxing on, I think. And then someone messaged me because I'd, I'd watched Veronica 
And then I jumped back to the boxing. Yeah. And then I got a message saying, holy shit, power slam. And I was just like, scramble, 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 get it back on. Oh, shit. Dracar close there has just power slammed Joe Selecki through the canvas rampage Jackson style. Fucking sensational. That was amazing. And then Cody Brundage comes in and goes, same thing. Oh, right. Yeah. Is that, can you do that? Yeah. So when you get trapped in an armbar, you just pick a guy up and smash him on his head. Okay. I'll do that then. And done exactly the same finish, exactly the same thing. Your arm's stuck there, picks him up, slams him down, cracks his head. I know Cody got a couple of extra shots in for good measure, but both Selecki and Zach Reese were knocked out hmm. from slam getting slammed on the heads. Mega. Brutal. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The, the, all the performances, Gooden's performance as well on the uh, on the prelims, uh, yeah. and as we just mentioned, the um, the comebacks, the because those two um, power slam uh, finishes, as you've just pointed out, there they were in trouble. They were oh, in yeah. armbars. The bars. It, it, it was going the other way. It yeah. was just a, it was just a mad night. The prelims were just completely completely mad, um, and I'm delighted. That when shit like that happens, the UFC do stand up. They did it in London, didn't they? And they bonused everybody that got a finish. Yeah. Done the same thing here to an extent where they've gone, right, okay, eight. Can't you can't argue with it. There you go, eight bonuses go on after the bloody lot. Super stuff. Yeah. And that was um, the prelims. <laughs> that was the fucking prelims, yeah. Um <coughs> shall we do let's go main event, mate. That's why the people are here, because there's so many so much to talk about off this main event. Arm Sarukian takes care of Bindel Dariush in quick fashion. He was absolutely outstanding. I highlighted concerns last week as to... Because when, when fighters go on these big runs, they run into something, they end up getting that roadblock like Benil Darius did against uh, Charles Oliveira. It's very hard then to get back on a run again, especially at a certain stage of your career. And I just felt you're being fed. Not, not fed, but it's this is if you're going to still be a competitor, if you're still going to be at the top of the tree, you've got to be fighting these types of guys. It's the right fight. There's no doubt in my mind about that. But Sarukian, he's had his apprenticeship in the UFC. Fought Islam on his debut. Had that uh, uh, tight one with Gamrat. But he's mm. then started to put some really good wins together. And he's hungry. And he's thirsty for it. And I just had a feeling that Sarukian was going to come in and do something special this weekend. And I didn't think he'd do it in a minute for fucking hell. But my days, the finish, it's brutal, mate. Knees, everything, setting it up, uh, gets the, gets the job done in, in brutal quick fashion and now opens up that conversation as to what happens next for Armin Sarukian. A wonderful performance. And I think he needed it, you know, because we had the Gamrot split. We had a tactical 
win against Ismagulov, didn't we? It wasn't yeah. it wasn't an amazing fight. It was more tactical. It was a little bit flat against Silver, if we're dead honest about it. It wasn't like, wow. This was wow. This was like, mm-hmm. fuck. Whoa. Right, okay. Uh, Armin Sarukian's here, everybody. Da, 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 da. He's probably going to be ranked number four yeah. Tuesday when the rankings come out. What do we do with him? Yeah, he was outstanding, you know, and and and, and rather like you, we did be both favoured towards Sarukian on Thursday when we talked about it, purely because <laughs> picking yourself up when you're Dariush, when you've been at the final hurdle and then fallen before you get your title opportunity, Picking yourself up then against some fucking killer coming behind is so difficult. But that you started bright enough. You know, he threw a couple of really heavy leg kicks. His guard was up nice and high. Everything was fine. But then Sarukian burst forward, threw a shot. Then Darius covered up for it. He plum guard round the back of the neck, threw a knee, which Darius pulled out of. He, he got his head pulled down, realized there's a knee coming here. So he starts lifting his head up to escape the knee to ride that shot. The knee doesn't really connect. But then somehow Tsarukian, whilst throwing the knee up, is loading a right hand. And as Darius lifts his head up from the force of the knee, but more all his own momentum to pull away from the knee, it just put his chin in the air. And the, the power Tsarukian generated in that one yeah. punch yeah, yeah. To, to drop him like that was phenomenal. And that was such a slick combination where he's throwing a knee but loading a right hand. Usually you have to bring the knee back down to then, you know, twist the hips and bring well, the you power into you? it. Exactly. But he's he's basically fucking hit him with a right hand on one leg and dropped Darius and done him. Basically fucking done him, caught him clean. As you say, like in every fight sport, it's the shot you don't see coming that does the damage. And Darius had no reason to believe there was a stri- strike coming so quickly behind the knee, which... The knee wasn't on its way back down. The knee was still up when the when the hand come over the top. So it was a mega little combination, a fantastic shot from Sarukian. Drops Darius heavy, pounces on him, finish, brilliant statement. Uh, and that's what we talked about. You've got to make a statement in this lightweight division, which is full of names, which is full of established UFC, potential Hall of Famers, BMF belt winners, interim and former champions, to get the next step opportunity, you've got to make a statement against another top contender. This was a statement from Armand Tsarukian. This is him telling the world, give me the rematch with Islam. Let me play that narrative out. Let me sell that story. Let me have that opportunity because I'm ready. Look what I've just done to Dariush in a fight where I wouldn't be surprised if Tsarukian entered that octagon as the underdog. He was incredible. Absolutely incredible. Right. I'm going to argue against it slightly for what you just said, right? Okay. Because I'm going to I'm going to give you a 12 month plan here in this division, because for me, Islam Makachev versus Armin Saruki makes an awful lot of sense for the main event in Abu Dhabi. So we're looking at October next year, right? That's yeah. a long period of time, and there's got to be fights in between that in order to get us to that point. Now, for me, right now, Charles Oliveira is absolutely the front runner, given what he did against Ben Oderiush. Okay. He, he missed his opportunity through injury uh, in Abu Dhabi this time around. I think that Islam Makachev, Charles Oliveira, is the next fight for the title. Okay? You then obviously got... Could that in be the... Saudi in March? Could be. Could be. I think it's got to... Obviously, with um, Islam Makachev's commitments to Ramadan and his faith and stuff like that, you've got to kind of do it. I think you've got to do it before April. So that might work. That might work, what you've just said. Don't quote me on that. I don't know the uh, the, the, the holiday works. Anyway... That would be my title fight next. 
So what do you do with Armin Sarukian? You've obviously got uh, Dustin Poirier and Justin Gaethje in and around that conversation as well. Mm-hmm. Michael Chandler, I think he's just underneath it. We know that Michael Chandler, Conor McGregor is supposed to be the thing of which is happening. We don't know whether it's happening at 300 or it's going to be pushed back into the summer of next year. I personally would do Gaethje Poirier 3. The 1-1. Yeah. So Gaethje Poirier 3, even though Gaethje had a really conclusive victory over Poirier last time out, the 1-1 one and, one, and that's a violent fight for UFC 300. Why not? Mm-hmm. So what do you do with Armin Sarukian? You have got a really, really close, contentious decision, which many people actually thought Sarukian might have won against Gamrot. Run it back. Give them a main event. Give them five, give them five rounds. Gamrot's just coming off the back of a, a, a solid win. Gamrot, Sarukian, winner gets the winner of Oliveira versus uh, Makachev in uh, October of next year. I think that could be the path to to us having the main event in Abu Dhabi next year. Mm. So what so Sarukian Sarukian Gamrot next? Gamrot. Okay. At some at some point between now and let's say the summer. Okay. And then in the in that meantime have Makachev defend against Oliveira. And then October Abu Dhabi there's your main event. Okay. So what you do with a with a say a Jalen Turner? Because this whole lightweight division, it's all these top ten, yeah, it's mad. Are flying now. So Jalen Turner's back in the mix with his performance here against Bobby Green. Do you yeah. do Jalen Turner versus Dan Hooker? Bear in mind that Dan Hooker was originally supposed to be fighting Bobby Green. Well, Dan Hooker's just beating him, isn't he? Oh, of course, yeah, exactly. So who do you do Jalen Turner with then? Do you do Jalen Turner with oh, Rafa Fazeev? Yeah. Or Benoit Saint Denis? Oh, you naughty man. Oh, Dan Hooker not... versus Benoit Santini. Oh, mate. Yeah, well, Dan Hooker's obviously just got himself injured. He, he obviously came out of this fight, didn't he? So we don't know how long he's going to be with his broken, broken arm. Broken arm, yeah. Fiziv's the one. Because you've got Chandler matched up with, with Connor. Yeah. Fiziv is the one. Jalen Turner Fiziv, mate. Do you, do, do, you, do you not do that? Or Benoit Santini. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants Benoit Sendenee. I want him. Personally, personally, I would do Benoit Sendenee against Fazeev. Yeah. That's the fight. Yeah. Mate, that division is ridiculous. But from a Sarukian point of view, you've got to, I think you've got to reward performance. And that is... Well, he'll go up to number four, won't he? He's beat Benil yeah, Daniels. So. He was ranked number four. You think so? He's got to go up to number four now. And if, I, if I'm Sarukian, right, you then can create that narrative of saying, well... Put me back in with Gamrot. I'll beat Gamrot. You, you did me last time on the cards. I'll go and beat him. So that's one of my defeats ticked off. The only other one I've got is Islam. Bring me him. Yeah. 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 Makes sense. Easy. Easy work, this matchmaking stuff. Yeah. It's not going to work out like that, though. But I would absolutely love to get you point part three. That'd be amazing. If you can, just uh... in terms of of Jalen, just to step in like that against Bobby Green at late notice, there was a lot of conversation during fight week. I don't know whether it came from Jalen Turner directly. I didn't see it, but I've seen a lot of stuff accredited saying basically Jalen Turner had been forced into this fight. He wasn't yes. given an option. It was from him. It was, was, was it from him? him. Yeah. It was at the press conference, yeah. But he looked he looked great, man. He, he did everything a guy of his size and stature, what is he, 6'3", 6'4", mm-hmm. should be doing to every other lightweight, especially someone like Bobby Green who loves to stand and bang. Bobby Green's a scrapper, man. He loves to throw hands. Right now, he's having great success throwing his hands. You knew he was going to throw hands here. 
Jalen Turner's gone, mate, I'm fucking, I'm way longer than you. Strike a lot harder than you, in my opinion. I can feed you. And, he, and the, the kicks were spot on. The jab was spot on. The straight shots were spot on. And as soon as he connected with Bobby Green, he did that little funny staggy dance. Yeah. Jalen Turner pounced on him and finished him. Absolute statement from Jalen Turner. Brilliant. He was what great. The, what the fuck is the referee doing? Oh, my God. Yeah, sorry. I nearly forgot about that. Jesus Christ. He wanted to see a body, didn't he? That was absolutely horrific. Horrific. And he's not a bad referee, you know. He's a very good referee, exactly. Very good. He, that was... Uh, I've got absolutely no idea what he was doing there because Bobby Green was face to the canvas, taking clean left and right clean shots. Stationary, yeah. mate. There's no intelligent like, defence there, mate, at all. Exactly. And that is the categorical number one thing. Is he intelligently defended himself? Didn't know what day it was. I think he got knocked out twice, to be honest with you. Yeah. I think, I think he got knocked out. The punches coming from Jalen woke him up again. And then he got knocked out a second time. That is really bad, bad officiating. I'd see Dana addressed it afterwards, didn't he? Yeah. He said, no one feels worse than that referee in the back right now. He feels terrible about it. That's all good and well, man. But, you know, you've... You've just you've just fucking done Bobby Green there. At yeah. this stage of his life and career, Bobby Green doesn't need that. No. Um, now, this is really interesting because this goes against all my logic when it comes to fighters in low weight categories and age, my friend. <clears throat> Davison Figueredo. Hey, that extra what couple man. of pounds, my man. He's what flying. Man. Great performance against Rob Font. Season vet, season pro, been there, done it, got the t-shirt type of character. A big guy as well, like you've just said. He's coming down rather than going up. Yeah. Davison Figueredo, speed's there. Everything was there. It's exciting, man. And the fight that I want to see. I know, I know that he's straight onto the Sean O'Malley thing, in it? Everybody wants the Sean O'Malley fight because, one, it's Cheddar Ching and there are you would think, paths to victory, even though people haven't been able to get there by Cheeto yet. So we know that Sean's fighting Cheeto. Okay, you crack on with that. That's cool. Davison Figueredo, go and fight Petty Yan. <laughs> Bring me yeah. that fight, mate. That, just stylistically, two of the best little guys on the planet, knocking seven bales of shit out of each other, and it also then provides maybe a path back to the top, even though Corey Sandegan will probably argue with me and say, hang on a minute, whoa, 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 whoa. stop jumping above me, lads. Um, I just think stylistically, Figueredo, the performance at the weekend against Pierre Yan would be brilliant. Yeah. Or Ciudo. I'd, I'd like to see the Ciudo fight well, as well. I don't know what he's doing. That's why I don't throw his name in there. So I don't, I don't yeah. know what Henry's doing. But in terms of the performance here against Rob Font, you know, uh, <clears throat> you're watching it and you're going, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah, he's a former champion. He's a level above. But I'll be honest, I, I can't. Deny what I said on Thursday. I thought Rob Font would, is is a real test yeah. for anyone in this bantamweight division, especially someone coming off from flyweight. When you think that Rob started as a lightweight, um, he's big, he's strong, he can punch, he's a dangerous guy, and yet Figgy Smalls just got in there and basically went, "Nah, man, there's levels to this shit, and I'm a level above where you are." And that that's been proven in this division with Rob Font. That's why he's never made that breakthrough. That's why he's never been a title contender. That's why he's never been able to get over that final hurdle to prove he's one of the best in the world because he's maybe not one of the best in the world. But Figueredo to come up from the weight division below but still have that level of being one of the best in the world, 
was really impressive. I thought he looked brilliant. Won every round, won it convincingly, won the grappling exchanges, yeah. was too quick on the feet. His shot selection was too good. He controlled the range. He was brilliant. Vintage Figueredo. Yeah. Um, like I said, man, it's an exciting addition to uh, to Bantamweight. I, I can't That's wait to see what they, uh, what they do with him and where they put him. Um, personally, like I said, I'd love to see Figgy versus Jan. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, now then, do you remember when we were in Abu Dhabi? Uh, not the time just gone, but the time before. And we sat there and we watched Bilal Mohammed light up Sean Brady. That's what we watched, yeah? Um, yeah. And then the world reacted to that by saying, maybe Sean Brady ain't all that. No, maybe just Bilal Mohammed put in a world-class performance against another world-class athlete. Maybe that's just Correct. what that was in Abu Dhabi. Um, and that's how we concluded it uh, 12 months ago, 14 months ago, whatever it was. Sean Brady, mate, what a performance that is. Again, take a step, take a beat, take some time off, go and recalibrate, go and get yourself sorted, mate. Come back and come back 2.0 version. That was that was dominance. We're talking yep. about Elvin Gastelum, who has been in with some of the very best guys at the weight division above. Okay. Contender at Middle East. He, he, he really should have been, as you said last week, really should have been a welterweight all of his career. Um, but he's been in with some of the very, very best guys that uh, are at 170 and 185. And Sean Brady dominated him. He dominated him for 10 minutes and then he finishes him. Yeah. Mate, you can't get a better performance than that. It was absolutely brilliant from Sean Brady. Well done him. Yeah, it was a complete statement, wasn't it? You know, and 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 when you look at the fight before the figure, well, the fight after Figueredo versus Rob Font with Figueredo going up to take on a genuine guy in the division, and would he be big enough? Would he be strong enough? Would he be fast enough? I had the same conversation about Kelvin Gastelum from being a ranked middleweight, uh, you know, one of the best top fifteen middleweights for an awful long time, coming down to welterweight and maybe a division where he should have always been. Will he hit the ground running? Will he make a statement? Well they've given Sean Brady and there's a crack with Sean Brady now. He is he all that because he's just lost to you know one of the leading contenders, but he's still established top ten. Where will Gastelum fit into this division? And Sean Brady just went, nah man, that ain't happening. I just had a rough night. That was that ain't happening. Yeah yeah. Check this out. And he, he just let the world know. And it turned out to be a horrific start as a welterweight for Kelvin Gastelum because Sean Brady was just absolutely bang on point. No hangover from the loss to Bilal whatsoever. Just complete focus. Absolutely ragdolls and dominates Kelvin Gastelum. Gets the finish. You know, transition to that armbar, mm. that Kimura, sorry. Absolutely beautiful. Just stepped over the head, straight onto the Kimura. Kelvin didn't see it coming until it was too late. Magnificent. Then gets on the microphone and joins the conversation that everyone's talking about. So it's just head cat into the ring for a fight with with, uh, with his hat with or his cat. Gary. Did he throw his hat or his cat? Threw his cat into the ring. His cat. And said, he threw cat, his yeah, cat yeah. into the ring. Exactly. <laughs> there was cat in the ring and said, "Bring me Ian Gary. You won't they be the first or the last person to say that hey, this month, Mister Brady." Come on, but. You've started the conversation. You've started now a potential rivalry there. All intelligent stuff, man. Yeah. All intelligent stuff. Well thought out. Game plan, approach, execution, and then post-fight. Sensational Sean Brady. What a night. Best night of his career, maybe. Yeah, I think so. Uh, you asked me at the start of this what was uh, my performance. 
and obviously I've gone with the uh, the comeback from Potieria against the uh, Bellato. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was yours? Uh, Did you say probably, Misha? Did you go uh, Misha? Probably Misha Tate, yeah. Probably Misha Tate. But right. that, that, tell you what, Dustin Stolfos's re-naked <laughs> choke against Soriano, which kicked off the main card as well, was fucking brilliant because that was a comeback as well. Yeah. You know, start, there was moments in that fight where, okay, Soriano got dropped at the end of the first, but Stolfos got asked serious questions there. That was a really competitive fight, but he eventually took his time. He worked his way to that submission. And when he got it in there, eventually, when he got it under the chin, he fucking nearly popped Soriano's eyeballs out, didn't he? He was squeezing so hard. Mega. Brutal. Fantastic. It's what we're here for. Good card, man. Really good. It was good on paper, but then obviously from a prelims point of view, when the prelims take off like that, it's very hard to then bring it back in because the, yeah. the energy in the room, the momentum in the room just takes things to, to a brand spanking new level. And when all these fighters start living up to that energy level, you just get mad, mad uh, performances. Really, really good. Uh, the only down, obviously, is the refereeing performance in the Jalen Turner and, uh, and Bobby Green yeah. fight, of course. Uh, but Am Sarukin has announced himself at 155. I tell you, exciting times ahead. Um, big week uh, coming up this week as we uh, build up towards the PFL being in Dublin. Yes. Um, yeah. Lots of local Irish talent on that. We've obviously done a, a conversation with Nate Kelly. He's going to be on there. There's some other uh, guys on there that we're going to highlight on uh, the preview show, which is coming up a little bit later on this week. So make sure you're around for that. And then, of course, next week, uh, it's 296 on the ground in Las Vegas for uh, the last big one of the year as Leon uh, defends against Colby. Paddy's on there too. Uh, and Ian Gary. It's going to be an entertaining <laughs> week, isn't it, mate? Tony Ferguson in the house too? Oh, my days, mate. There's a lot of fighters organising their receipts as we speak. That's all I'm going to say. Fuck that you. press conference on the Thursday could be the most unmissable press conference. Could be more entertaining year. than the actual fights. Yeah, <laughs> let's hope not. But it will be bloody good fun. It will be. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, thank you very much for tuning in to us. Much appreciated. You can subscribe to us via our website, fightdisciples.com. Everything is there for you to go and get stuck into. Uh, Spotify, Google Play, Apple, you name it. It is all there. Uh, and we're also on YouTube as well where we're trying to grow. So if you can uh, help us uh, put some numbers on that YouTube channel before Christmas, that would be absolutely brilliant. So if you do already listen to us audio-wise and you think, I don't want to watch these Muppets, no, sound, no problem. Just hit the subscribe button anyway because what it does, it just helps boost um, the uh, visibility to other fight fans who might then stumble across us and become Fight Disciples. That'd be great if you can help us out that way. Uh, and you can do that on YouTube. Fight Disciples is what you're looking for. Anyway, thank you very much uh, for tuning in to us once again. We'll be back later on in the week, so we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.